0: Welcome to my podcast Freestyle. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and if so please be kind enough to share it on social media. Today I welcome international dressage rider and trainer Amy Woodhead. I've known Amy my whole riding career because when I was on the Pony European dressage team during this time I practically grew up in the Woodhead household at Wheelsby. Today I talk to Amy about her riding career, what it was like to work for Carl Hester, her recent success on Mount St John Fairy Tale, her up and coming horses and so much more. I really hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for listening. Hi Amy, thank you for agreeing to come on my podcast today. My first question is, your family have been established in the equestrian industry for generations. Can you tell me what it was like growing up in this environment at Wheelsby and can you tell me how this has influenced your career to date? Yeah, I probably said a really different type of upbringing because from the literally from the moment I was born um, that my dad was the pony team trainer at the time and obviously my mum trained a lot of people as well. Yeah. So from from the moment I was born I'd say we had like five five people living with us that were in for training. Um, a lot of the professionals now that you see as well like there was the Moody's and Laura now Tomlinson that was Bessel and and um, a lot of different people I mean you was one of the people as well when I was growing up that also lived with us. I know um, yeah. So I'd say growing up it was very different because we were surrounded by a lot of people in the industry so even though We didn't see our parents a lot. We 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 did grow up um, around a lot of people that are in the industry. So yeah, it was very different. Would you say that that kind of really inspired you to do what you're doing? Um, Um, yeah, definitely. I I think it most definitely inspired me because obviously, Dad was a dressage trainer. So, Mum and Dad were both actually really good with Holly and I when we were younger. So we. We were never bought special ponies. We were never um, treated as, as well as the people that we were surrounded by. So we had ponies that were um, naughty or that were supposed to be in the riding school. or um, And we both jumped until we were 13 and were in the pony club and... Um, so we actually, neither of us had chosen a career path until it was like 13 years old. And I chose dressage when I was 13 because we'd been around it for so long. And I'd aspired to, I tell you what it was. I really wanted one of those jackets, you know, that, um, the, the ones like the, the puffer jackets that had the great britain yeah i remember on this. the I back well, and yeah. i was i was obsessed with them and everyone used to have one everyone that lived with us had one of those jackets and I, all i used to think was i really want one of those jackets <laughs> so so that's kind of what like inspired me to go down that route to just have that jacket I mean, unfortunately, when I did it, it turned to soft shell jackets, so I didn't even manage to get one anyway, but, <laughs> but it, was the, it was the jacket, the jacket did it for me, so um, that's, and also it was the ponies, the ponies that I saw come through, and that I used to be able to watch all the time training, if they had squad training sessions here, and watching the judges come and judge the kids through the training sessions, and just see how lovely the ponies went, I, I did really aspire to want to do that, um, so yeah. And in terms of training with your parents like I could never imagine what that would be like obviously your mum and dad are both highly competitive trainers and riders in their own right but uh, <laughs> can you sort of describe what that's like? Um, So yeah um I, I, I train with my mum more than I have my dad my dad's quite a recent a recent uh, trainer for me yeah. because uh, I can remember it to the day I mean he didn't have a lot with us he didn't have a lot to do with us growing up like I said we were doing pony club and lots of different just basically looking like two little cowboys on ponies um but when I was 13 I can remember my dad had gone away and he came back and I was really struggling to keep my pony on the bit (laughs) and he had (laughs) he told me off and said I needed to learn to ride properly and then he'd be willing to help me yeah. and so I was I was 13 I then didn't have another lesson with my dad until 18 months ago <laughs> and, and um he then said the the first lesson I had back with him he said okay now I've learned to ride I'll help you <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so so that that was training with my dad which didn't really happen um until until recently and now we got on fantastic because I've I've obviously learned my own riding style my own riding technique so he can help me with that um but my mum was definitely a big part in that when I was younger uh, yeah. just ed- educating me how to get a horse really on side and a true genuine feel um, so I'd say she spent a lot of time with me with that when I was younger and then it's it's really helped the fundamentals of my career and did you ever feel any pressure to become a rider, like because um, doing you know? What? Uh, yeah, I would. I'd just say it probably growing up we didn't really know much else because yeah. we were just surrounded by horses and, you know, like school was just something that you that you know every other kid was doing. So we went to school, and but we definitely um, did. It, we just lived and breathed horses the whole time like we both definitely wanted to ride from young age and you and you and Holly you have such a good relationship um oh yeah how do you help each other now with horses do you have any influences on each other oh absolutely like we'll ring each other and if if she's got one that she's like slightly struggling with on the flat then she'll ask me questions about it or if I go over to my dad's for lessons then I'll always have a sit on hers and always makes comments like oh I'd love for you to have a sit on this one and see what you think or um, and we send each other like if I've if I'm at a show Holly watches on live stream all the time if Holly's at a show I'm watching wherever I can or she sends me a test um, Just- oh quite a supportive like motivational relationship then really absolutely like it's quarter past six tonight and my sister lives an hour and a half away from me and I'm going training tomorrow and just be through girls being on holidays we're slightly short staffed today so tonight my sister's driving over um to help me clip my horses oh bless her that's so nice (laughs) yeah so we do have a really really close relationship like she's I think 25 minutes away now but we want each other to succeed and i like it when she sits on my horses and i enjoy sitting on hers and i think it was like two months ago i went over and she gave me a jumping lesson and Aww. then i yeah no we're really we are best of friends best of friends yeah i'm very envious of you like for, for me i just don't have any one horsey in my family at all so it can sometimes be a bit challenging so you are lucky um, yeah, I'm I'm very lucky, but also as well, it has its downfalls. Like, thank God, Holly and I are not in the same sport because I am in the same discipline. Like, yeah. <laughs> because even when I say we're really supportive, like when she gets on my horses, she's like, "See, it's easy. All you need to do is this." <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite glad we're not both in dressage. <laughs> I'm quite glad that we can support each other from afar, but still have the same passion for horses. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Um, and when you competed in ponies, juniors, young riders. Can you talk us through some of your most memorable moments during this time yeah um I, I didn't actually do juniors either I did ponies no. and I did young riders no but that's the time then when I lived in Germany and Holland when you were out there as well yeah, yeah um so I actually missed uh juniors because after ponies um we didn't have so we we like I said earlier we didn't like my parents didn't buy me the best of ponies or we didn't have like horses on tap even though my parents are very much in the industry it doesn't mean that we've got the money to go and buy them you know we all work we work very hard to um get the knowledge that we have through having to work with lots of different types of horses and and more difficult horses than easy horses anyway because we haven't got the money to buy the, the good easy ones and um, so we've always had to find a way around so my ponies weren't the easiest I had a, a little stallion and I had a chestnut mare so you couldn't have had like more of a contrast than them two um, and I think memorable was um, through ponies was just experiencing internationals and experiencing what it was like to Um, ride in Europe and for the first time seeing the kind of competition that you were going to be up against the rest of your life Um, so I found that extremely memorable in that type Um, and also that the ponies actually ended up being really good so I was on the team the final year of my pony year on the little stallion and the chestnut mare then ended up winning um, an international which at first they were both it was the stallion that I couldn't get on the bit at the time that my dad said he was never going to train me again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually, th- at that time, Peter Storr was the trainer. So I ended up like training yeah, with got... Peter a little bit. Yeah, you did a bit with him. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I did. And I went and stayed with him for a week with my ponies. And that's even though I, even though my parents are both trainers and both extremely horsey, I would say I've definitely trained, um, in a good way not with a lot of different trainers but I've definitely experienced different trainers just to understand their way because I got told once when I was younger that everyone's got a toolbox and everyone's got a tool that you can put in your toolbox so it's just really good to experience that so I did work with Peter with my ponies and then in young riders um again in my final year I got on the young rider team but Again, I just really enjoyed doing internationals. And I had my first success at Small Tour. Um, yeah. Also with the with the stallion. I, I, that was also a stallion. And I still have him to this day. He's 24 now. And he is teaching all my girls. Still changes. He's still very fit and healthy and well. Um, so that's really nice. But just from from the experience of the team things, just basically seeing it gives you a an idea um of who you're going to be up against if you want to do it as a career and kind of the different ways of everyone's training or which nations are better and um yeah i always think of like ponies juniors young rises like well like mini mini olympics for younger people yeah it is good absolutely yeah you you meet for the first time the people your generation basically yeah um of of what who's going to be doing um the same as you at that time so actually when I was in Young Riders um I mean I think I've fallen a lot behind her now but it was when Catherine Defoe was actually won gold again on Cassidy so that was amazing at the Young Rider Europeans to see that and it's it's been phenomenal to watch them go on and grow as a pair up yeah. to the the highest of levels they're a they're a massive inspiration I absolutely love watching the videos that she posts of them yeah. two together she is a, a great person like to follow as well on Instagram and everything, isn't she? I think a lot of people like Catherine. Absolutely. Um, I remember coming to visit you when you're in Holland. Um, can you describe your experience working, training and competing away from home a little bit? Yeah. Um I'd say it was very different. So I'm really glad I did it. I went to Germany first and then I went and lived in Holland. Um and I would say the experiences that I had, even those training systems were two completely different systems from the German to the Dutch. Yeah. Um, in, in Germany, I worked for a Grand Prix uh, dressage judge. That's where I actually um, came across a stallion that I did your riders on because as when I was working for her, he was actually her horse and um, she trained me on him, which was obviously very lovely. Yeah. Um so that was a different type because I probably that was a bit more through test riding and discipline in your riding um, and yeah. whereas the experience I had in Holland was learning to break um three-year-olds in yeah the, the um training. so it was completely different ends of the spectrum um and in Holland they did a lot of the two-year-old stallion grading so we had the, the two-year-old stallions in all the way through to like being broken in to then them being ridden so it was a it was a really good experience and it was really good to um see the different training styles. And how long were you there for? So I can't remember. Um, I was in Germany it was all in all around two years that I spent out there Um, I can't actually remember how long I was in each country for Um, but it was around two years because I missed the whole of juniors and then came back and did young riders so I was basically the moment I left school literally put on a PO ferry (laughs) so I was shipped out to Europe and (laughs) neither of my parents accompanied me I was just shipped out and dropped off and told and told I'll see you when you've learned German and Dutch and when you understand their system that was dad's dad's way of saying this is your education if you would like to work in the industry you have to go and learn about the industry and have a have more of a depth of knowledge you're not allowed to just stay at home and um, just stay within the family unit you really have to go out and understand everything about the industry I think it's like when I went out I went out for six weeks and I ended up staying for three years and I think it teaches you a lot about becoming you know a better person as well because it I mean it is hard work and there's a lot of different challenges when you're there and I think it is good for any like younger people if I'm coming to go and have that experience to be honest. Absolutely and just to work at different yards and understand how different yards are run and how what works and you know how different it just gives you a much greater understanding when you want to run your own yard and not only that you get contacts out there and um I would say a big a big thing for me as well is you know if clients buy young horses from abroad that you at least have a little bit of an idea of maybe their way of life over there before they've come to you you know you're not arrogant to the way that a horse has maybe been kept or you know the dutch to the german horses and just different things like that i, I do feel it's really helped me when i've come to riding the young ones yeah definitely and then um, after this period you then went on to work and train with carl hester which obviously is amazing how did that come about initially um so that one came about obviously dad knows uh, my mum and dad know Carl anyway through through the years of competing with each other but it was actually first of all um first of all Carl came out to the Young Rider Europeans where I was riding to warm everyone up and so out there we said would it be possible to uh, come come for some lessons and he said yeah of course that's absolutely fine um but also along At the same time as... coming out and I was asking for lessons I also did a little bit of grooming for Dane Rawlins because I've always been a person that likes to try new experiences within the industry and to put myself out there to be able to see and learn um so I groomed for Dane Rawlins for a whole season alongside riding my own horse as well so it and it took me to places that were fantastic I managed to see so I ended up going to the Europeans at Herning with him um and obviously got to see amazing performances there. Yeah. Um, and along the way of going to these big shows with Dane, I actually made friends with Alan. Obviously, I don't need to do a massive introduction for Alan. Um, I made friends with Alan. So we. I was kind of in the groom's club before yeah. I was ever thought of as a rider. So when it came round for Carl looking for a new person, it was actually Alan that got me the job there because he said what about yeah it was because he said what about Amy because she can groom and Carl had only seen me ride once it wasn't through the it wasn't through my riding experiences at all really it was the fact that I was good at grooming um and I was good on the ground and I and I obviously knew how to turn a horse out well and and how to work um so it was through Alan that I got the job so that must have been an absolutely amazing job and you obviously had some amazing experiences. at it called I'm sure like I'm sure there's so many things but if you had to name three key things that you have learned during that time there what would you say um I, I really I, I really now I run my own yard I um really didn't realize at the time how much I was taking in from him about running a yard yeah. um, and and how to look after the horses and fitness of horses and keeping horses happy and keeping horses on side so I think the, the main thing I learned was just like an overall running of a an, a, an equestrian business really and um, I really mm-hmm. look up to him and are and inspired by him because you know he, he's he didn't come from money initially. Everything he's done, he's worked for. So it's really inspirational when you go and you see what he's managed to build and how, and um, what changes you make when and what you pay attention to detail. Um. So I I do find on a weekly basis in my head thinking, oh, we did that at Carl's, or you yeah, know, we did this. So I'd I'd say it it definitely gave me a really big education, hundred percent of how to run a business. It was. Yeah, it's oh, often things that yeah, you said you don't always realise. It's like when you go back and look at things, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. And they're those experiences. Like there's just so much to it. It's not just the riding, is it? It's everything that goes along with the whole. Not at all. And it was Carl. it, it is. It's not from working at any of the other yards, really. From it, even Germany and Holland. Like I, I do think it's got a really good system at Carl's. Um, and yeah. so I just really enjoyed that side and, and like I say at the time I probably didn't realize how much I was taking in but I am forever grateful of how much I did manage to take from it not just from the riding or the opportunities it's more it's more the ground and actually how you run a business. Yeah and um, I'm sure lots of people would love to know if you ever had the opportunity to ride Allegro. Um, I did so I was I was really really lucky in the fact that um when when Katie Bailey left, um, then I was a little bit more of the, the rider that had schooled the horses when they were away at shows. And obviously around that time, like Utopia and Vallegro and Nip Talk, and they were all all going and all going to big shows all the time. So any of the horses that got left at the yard, I was the lucky one that to ride the one that was the one left to school them which was fantastic because it meant that you know in two weeks time they might have another big show so i felt um very lucky and honored to be part of such a big era of british dressage yeah definitely and um so after you were at carl's you then went back home to wheelsby yeah business how did you find that next challenge in the beginning um extremely daunting and scary (laughs) so it was actually five years ago now that I actually came home and started by myself so at the time we had a we had a ride in school um that had kept the yard kind of ticking over because luckily we've luckily we do have our own yard but we've had our our own yard for 80 years now I mean when we first purchased the yard it was my great-grandfather that purchased it for my grandma and literally next door was like a prisoner of war camp so my grandma learnt to ride from a Polish woman literally through the fence. Really? Taught, yeah, taught my grandma and her sisters how to ride. Um, so, yeah, it was it's a really lovely story how it all came about. So we're obviously very um, horsey throughout the whole of the family, but that's how they initially started. And then, then the yard became a riding school. And then, obviously, with them, when my dad started taking over, he started taking on more competition people. So when I came home... It was still a riding school that's kind of what it had been ticking over and um, however at that time like riding schools were really struggling and there was i'd probably say there was like 800 pound in the bank but i mean my grandma had like really been bankrolling it for a long time to try and just keep the place going really until i came home which i will be forever grateful but at that time, I came home with. I think I just had one horse at the time, which was Brand Duardi, the little stallion I used to ride. And I literally had to build a business from scratch yeah. <laughs> with a yard that kind of needed also a lot of like maintenance and changing because it wasn't a brand spanking new yard it was a yard that also needed you know like I needed to find money for a newer indoor arena surface and yeah. make a lot of changes so i'd say it was extremely daunting but through hard work blood sweat and tears i do hope that um it's paying off yeah touchwood been successful yeah. and um It's great. I've got some pictures from when I came home and just the things that we've managed to achieve in five years time has been fantastic. And the horses I've seen come through already have been fantastic. And looking back to the ones that I said yes to when I came home, I mean, I I must have looked like some sort of kamikaze rider Um, because I just said yes to everything because you can't turn away any type of money when you're starting up by yourself because you need money to pay the bills every passing that was possible and at one point you just have I had so many horses and it just it's crazy then isn't it yeah so yeah no sorry to interrupt who do you have in your support team and how do they help you um so my mum's always a big part of my support team I'm very lucky that she lives like very close and she's been a part of the place that I'm at now which is called wheelsby um for a long time so she actually did her apprenticeship here with my dad's mum so she did her apprenticeship with my grandma. So my mum's been part of this place since she was 13. So I'd say she's been a massive part of my support team purely because of her being here and um, wanting everything to work, not only for me, but for for the business and the place. Oh. Um, my grandma's been fantastic. She's been really great because obviously she's run a business for a long time. So... Any questions I kind of had, she's been really there for me, which has been fantastic. And then throughout the years, like obviously staff change and things, but I'd say uh, Jenny came to work for me four years ago, Jenny Martell, and she's basically like my right hand woman. Yeah. She's a massive part of my support team. You know, I, I do feel like we're a mass, a, a big partnership now. I I don't feel that I could be a successful.
1: Without. Without
0: her, because I just know that when I'm not here, she treats she treats the yard and the horses and the business as though it was her own. She holds so much passion for everything that oh, it's really? just it's just fantastic as a team. And can you talk me through a typical day in the life of Amy? Um, <laughs> every day is different. We work with horses, but um I'd probably just a normal day would be to get to the yard, probably it just depends if we're a bit short-staffed on the yard then I muck out um yeah. or or I just get straight on with riding but we we start the yard at six thirty in the morning so the yeah. horses are all fed yeah. and then we muck out and the whole yard is mucked out and finished at eight thirty, um yeah. so all um all ready to ride and then we start riding throughout the day throughout the morning um all the horses and then they'll if we're riding the other girls will be turning the horses in and out in the fields um and then we probably try and finish riding for like 2:33 o'clock yeah and then some days i will teach yeah, and some days like today, I've harrowed and leveled the arenas, yeah. um, and then I'm I'm usually at the yard. I'm usually at the yard till about six, seven o'clock at night, whether I'm teaching or just doing things around the yard, or just making sure that the girls are okay, or just going over plans. Um, yeah, cool. And what qualities do you personally look for in a young horse? Um, just a willingness to learn not it's not really even the flashy movements it's just just when you ride a horse you get a feeling that they want to do it they and enjoy it and that that if if you feel that you teach them something that they they understand it I mean I'm I know every horse doesn't understand the first time you ask them to do something but just the, the willingness to try I really enjoy that in a horse special sort of connection than that you have when you ride them I suppose yeah um can you describe your training style and philosophy I mean I I know again you could go on for hours but just briefly for us um just my training style well only because I'm quite short. I'm only five foot two I'd say my training style I just like to um, soft with harmony, and I really like to get my horse on on my aids to a light aid because I'm not a big strong rider, so it's really difficult to hold the horses together all the time. So I'd say just that they. My philosophy on it is that I, I again I'd like the horses to be willing to work for me. I want the horses to be happy in the work, willing to work for me, and that they are really responsive to small aids. Oh. And off the horse, do you have a fitness routine? Um, I try if 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 there's time. Like, I will try and go running. Um, but by the time I've mocked out, if I'm helping the girls or harrod the arenas or generally yeah, walked just... around all day, yeah. <laughs> um, I d- no, I wouldn't say um there's I wouldn't say it's it's regimented every day but when I do find time we do have a little bit of a gym in our garage at home so if I do find time then I do try and do strengthening work with bands or yeah. um something like that and have you had any setbacks and if so how do you deal with them um setbacks is luckily I mean touch wood I've not like broken things you know to have big setbacks where I've not been able to to ride um but I suppose we all have setbacks when it comes to uh, maybe something has gone wrong in a competition or you know you've lost a ride and a horse or um all those types of setbacks Um, how do I deal with them I just think that um every, everyone in the industry is in the same boat and we my big philosophy in life is we only have one life so you can't dwell on something that's now in the past you've yeah. got to look to the future so if if there's been a setback for maybe a competition you know okay that was a really bad competition analyze why it happened what i could have done better what maybe we could change and then go yeah. and try and help it in the future um i i really try and not get too down about something because i think then you your training in the future can it that can jeopardize the training in the future it can jeopardize how you feel in your own happiness or confidence and i don't think that's healthy for your relationship with your horses um so I really try and keep a very level mind on that, you know, we've only got one life and we obviously all want to be happy in it. So it it's just one bad day or a bad period, but it doesn't mean that it it has to stay. That's interesting. So um I just read Jessica Bendel's book because she was on one of my podcasts. I was just she had a book actually that she really recommended everybody should read and it's called letting go. So it's pretty similar to what you've just described really. So that's interesting. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to read that book. I mean, I have seen it advertised quite a lot and I, I would, because I think I would really enjoy from watching um, her Instagram stories, all of yeah. them. Um, <laughs> I think, I think I would really, really enjoy to watch that book uh, to read the book. But um. I would say that's I've always been like that ever since I started riding. And, you know, that's bouncing back to one of the first questions that you asked me, like, how did I feel growing up with two parents in the industry? I have watched so many people rise and so many people fall and so many people... Take it way too much to heart. I've seen relationships break up. I've seen far too much pressure being put on people. I've seen, and and at the end, you know, we're all human, and life is what you make of it. And so, do, just really don't dwell on those days. Try and move forward to the next thing that um could bring a positive to your life. Yeah, I think I think I used to do like when I was younger. Life, I had a bad test. I take it so to heart, you know to me it was the end of the world, and it's like well the... yeah there's a there's a new day so uh, i there's had... a new day, and if you dwell on it as well, it could take it into the next training sessions, and then your horses feel that, and then you maybe not being as um easy on your horses as you should be or it, it just creates bad atmosphere so I really try and not let that happen and I think if I do have a bad day or I'm feeling down then that day we'll jump the horses or we'll do something fun that day or I'll buy the girls McDonald's or you I, know I, I really try and not focus on the negative I think do you know what I'm not feeling that great so I'm going to try and make a positive out of this negative and hopefully then good we can up. all start to feel better yeah and I think Said that you've now started to train with your dad again. Do you still manage to get up and down to Carl's um, to to train with him? And yeah, he he do he training with anyone else or? So. um no i um tomorrow morning my alarm's going off at five o'clock i'm taking five horses down to carl's um for a few days training so i still very much train with carl and i would say i still very much look to him as a mentor and he still inspires me every day so when i'm riding i always think like what would carl do or what would carl say or yeah. um so I'd say he's a he's a massive mentor and he's a massive part of my riding career, um, and I would always love to continue to train with him because he's the best in the world. <laughs> so, um, so no, I I love his style of training. It's very close to how my mum trains anyway. So I don't feel that they're dissimilar in what they're saying and how how they get their horses to to want to work for you. So I train with Carl probably on a month well I'd like to sometimes it's monthly sometimes it's after a couple of months obviously he's very much active with his competing and training around the world as well so it's it is as and when and we I am four and a half hours in a lorry away from him and so it's not so easy just to pop you know every week but I have got the access to my parents as well which is I'm extremely lucky I, I am extremely lucky in that that Um, part of it because people will say that aren't horsey or don't come from a horsey background I'm really lucky to have my parents that are in it but that's only through them working really hard throughout their life to get the knowledge of what they've got now Um, and I mean my dad can be hard to get hold of to nail him down for a lesson sometimes but thankfully going back to now I've kind of learnt to ride is more willing to <laughs> help me. <laughs> now I've learned to get one on the bridle. and <laughs> um, Well done recently at the Nationals you won the into two on Mount St. John's fairy tale. Um yeah. what's what she like to ride and compete? Uh what's she like to ride? So she um she's fantastic because when you get it right, you know you've got it right because she gives you everything. If you um, don't prepare and, and don't ride her really well then she's she's a chestnut mare at the end of the day right. Um, so she's she's fantastic she's I, I really enjoy riding the Grand Prix on her because when once uh, and the Inter 2 at the um, Nationals I felt like that day we just really got it right I haven't actually had a long time on her I mean I got her at the beginning of lockdown at Covid so I had her at home, but I didn't really know her in competition that well. So this year, I'd say, it's probably been our, our our season together, if you like, yeah. um, where I've got to know her the most. And I feel like I've just started to get to grips with what she's like in competition. And, um, yeah, when you get it right with a chestnut mare, you really get it right. You know, they can give you their all. So she's fantastic in that way. I've really enjoyed I really- competing her. Each other, it's, it's a nice combination to watch. yeah and and it's not all about training hard at home either with her like I do take her to the beach all the time I do jump her I hack her out it's that's the 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 biggest key to that horse is keeping her happy and her happiness isn't going over the movements like day in day out it's actually just a variety of work so I'd say that makes me really happy because she likes a variety and then it means we can go to the test and, and do the test in a really happy way, but it doesn't mean that we've had to drill it for the past three weeks. You know, she's actually been able to go to the beach the day before I've gone to a show and she still then wants to give me more because we've yep. worked on her happiness. So yeah, it's great. And what are your future plans with her? Um, ideally, I'd like, I'd really like to do um, an international abroad with her. Yeah. Um, and maybe get on a nation's cup. Um, but yeah, that's just see where it takes us really. I, I think at this moment in time with COVID and things, we're kind of taking each year as it comes. Um, and we're in the winter season now anyway. So we've done, we we had really good time at the nationals Um because she was also fourth in the Grand Prix, so that was a fantastic show for us. I was really thrilled with her. So at the minute, she's having fun and just enjoying being a horse um, and then we'll look to next year when the new dates come out as to where we can go. Cool, well, good luck with her. I'm sure you're doing really well, and everyone can follow you. And... And that's good. Um, yeah. what would you say? The most memorable competitive experience and why? I just think I've got a lot I just a lot of <laughs> a lot of different ones for different reasons um last year I had a a, a four-year-old win the national championships as a as a four-year-old and, and that was fantastic um that was really memorable because I really love that horse and I think she's a super one for the future so that's Mount St John Diamonds are forever Um, and that's a massive memory for me um lot uh, I won this small tour at Vida Barn in the um in Oh, in January, like five years ago, that was a big memorable thing for me on my stallion, for Don. <laughs> Um Just lots of different ones. I don't think I can even pinpoint because I'm any horse that's that I've managed to have success on. I just is a is a big memorable thing for me. Lots of them, yeah, yeah. Even even the nationals winning the Inter Two with Con Fairy Tail, That's a a really massive memorable one for me because obviously a national titles something that's fabulous so yeah Yeah, who inspires you the most um so there's lots of different people that like professional riders that inspire me throughout all disciplines not just dressage disciplines um but I'd say my biggest inspiration is actually my mum when it comes to horses because just her passion for the horses and the love that she has for for horses um is a is a massive inspiration for me and for my career the way she looks at the equestrian industry and her training methods and how much she how much compassion she has for the sport is a massive inspiration for me you know like nothing's too much trouble or no horse is too much trouble to find out what works for them, or and I'm yeah. sure a lot of top professionals have that, but I probably haven't spent enough time with them to think, God, that's a you know, a massive inspiration for me. Um, but I think because I'm around it day in, day out, you know, if I'm having a bit of a bad day or thinking, God, I really can't get through to this horse, or I don't know where I have to go next, she's my inspiration because. You know, nothing's ever too much trouble. It's, you can fix it. You know, it's fine. Get up, carry on. It's yes. fine. So she, she's an inspiration to kind of give me that push to all the time, you know. Yeah, she's always really enthusiastic, enthusiastic isn't she? I think. Extremely enthusiastic. You know, even even when I watch her give lessons to people that maybe you know a not professional just very normal person even maybe struggling with feel her patience and her passion for for the sport is incredible you know nothing's too much hassle and it's very calm and yeah it's very inspiring yeah, she really helped me. I, was, I when I had langar and it used to be a really sharp pony in the beginning and she used to just be so calm and was like you can do it. You know, she just give you a lot of confidence and work with you in the horse and she just really stays she yeah, she doesn't get bogged down in everything else. Does she no. She, she it's it's before. a very it's a very genuine feel that you know she wants you to do really well and she wants the horses to be happy and she wants the whole system and team to go really well and I think I think sometimes like you can come across trainers that are just happy to give you a lesson because you've booked in for a lesson or, you know, happy to help you with your horse because you've asked them. So they're doing it as a bit of a favor or I I just feel with my mum, it's different. Like she really puts her all into it. She really wants the person to learn and feel confident and comfortable in that situation. And same for the horse, like confident and comfortable and, and, and to be successful. So it's a really lovely trait that she has so it it is very inspirational and I think both my sister and I would both say that even the amount of people that we've come across in the industry um, and just to have um her as a mum and someone who is so inspiring with horses is is really incredible for us and where do you see yourself in five years time oh gosh I've no idea (laughs) (laughs) um hopefully doing the same as what I'm I'm doing now you know with a a lovely string of horses and um obviously everyone well I don't know whether everyone's aim is to to be able to ride on a senior team is is something that I would absolutely love to do um it's it is a goal for me. I wouldn't say it's the only goal I have because the the goals I have is that my horses are happy and they enjoy training and I can train them up the levels and they stay healthy. Um so I think that's my main main goal. So I suppose in 5 years time I'd I'd, I'd love to have a beautiful string um of horses that I can still successfully compete. Yeah, that's a great goal to have. I mean, I think it sounds like you you know you're very conscious of looking after your horse's minds and making sure they're happy and that's really nice to hear it's just mind and bodies that they're happy and healthy and that they they still enjoy the sport as much as us riders do Um, and you know because you can only be really as as good as the horse that you sat on and you've really got to make sure you nurture them when they're feeling not confident or look after them when you know listen basically listen to your horses really listen to what they need at that time and then I think you get the best out of them and then what would you say is there any pieces of kit um that you couldn't live without for your horses um my main piece of kit that I couldn't live without would have to be from a day in day out my Voltaire design saddles because because I'm small and they're an extremely soft leather and close contact saddle. I feel that I could ride in them all day and not feel really sore throughout my body. So today I rode 14 horses and I'm not sat thinking, gosh, my back really hurts. or Because I just find them really comfortable. So I would have to say that they're is very, my main bit kit. Very lightweight out there as well, I think. Uh, oh completely it. lightweight when you pick them up compared to another another saddle and it's probably not not even so much the lightweightness for me because I've got short legs if I put a, a chunky saddle with it with flock on a horse um I feel like there's way too much leather between me and the horse, and I feel I really can't get round the horse. So that that's why I like them the, the most. Um, and and I, I know it sounds stupid to say, you know, my saddle, but that's that's what I'm sat in all day. You know, it, it's whether the horse is comfortable or not to ride. At least the saddle's comfortable to ride on the horse I remember the first time I sat in one as well I was like oh my god like this is the saddle for me because you just it feels like everything works and I think that's the same because I'm not very tall as well it is it do, they do really help for the shorter riders <laughs> it does it really and I'm sure it really works for the tall riders too but um from from a, I mean Jenny's got a bit longer legs than me and a lot of my girls have long legs as well and I I, I don't ever have anyone say god your saddle's really uncomfortable do you know if you ever go and try a horse or if you ride another one on a clinic or something my my first initial thought is god the saddle's really uncomfortable so I can't get in the position I need to be in for to to be able to get the horse in the correct balance I want I mean obviously we just then have to work harder and and not be as comfortable um but I just find in I always think oh thank god when they've got like a Voltaire saddle on when i'm teaching a clinic i don't mind getting on <laughs> but they are brilliant um, and any up-and-coming superstar horses that everyone should look out for <sighs> um so the, the biggest one probably would be eugenius who's um a 10 year old black stallion that i haven't yep. actually campaign campaigned a lot yet um he yeah he's at Grand Prix now so I'm just about to bring him out and do his first Grand Prix I would say that he would be one to definitely definitely look out for so he's actually by Utopia out yeah. of Legrose full sister so yeah. his breeding is obviously very good got um, extremely good breeding and gold medals both sides um, but again it, that bounces back to the question that you asked me earlier what do I look for in a horse and So Eugenius has got an amazing brain, um, and he's just so willing to learn everything I ask him to, and he's a really, really big horse, and I'm obviously, again, really short, Um, but he doesn't make any of the movements feel really, really difficult. He feels like he enjoys them, and he wants to work every single day, and at the end of a session, he feels so happy with what he's achieved, Um, so I'd say him is definitely a major up-and-coming one, and then a lot a lot of lovely youngsters um in the pipeline really from six years old down for future yeah. stars um that I get really good feelings from and just really intelligent horses um so yeah I'm, I'm really excited about the future yeah I think I saw a video of you riding I think you did a little video of your training with your dad didn't you or something yes but... yeah yeah, I'm month. not stalking you but <laughs> yeah the other month just some little training videos he's just a really big horse and he's taken longer to mature so I've just listened to his body as to when it's ready and strong enough to he wasn't really sh- strong enough through his body to campaign and go around lots and lots of shows but now he feels that he's you know matured into himself and he's, he's really ready so I'm really excited best of luck with him and finally any um what else do you like doing outside of riding um so i'm i'm actually lucky that my partner's not um not horsey so when when we do have a rare day off from horses um we like doing anything we love taking the dogs for a walk um anything anything on horsing, dogs for a walk um when we go on holiday we love skiing um yeah. cool anything outdoors um anything sporty outdoors um yeah just and does he ever come and what Does your partner ever come and watch your show or anything uh james yeah. that's his it um he does he does he really enjoys supporting he doesn't come to all of them because I do have a a thing for myself that when we're at a show I really enjoy to be focused and I really enjoy to you know we're there to do we're there to do a job and we're there to concentrate and we're there to focus and A is not horsey and B I don't want to feel like my focus has slightly been taken off because I want to you know spend time with him or you know that's for at home I, I I really enjoy when I'm at a show really being in the zone so he would come and watch and he always watches on live stream and he's extremely supportive, but he doesn't probably attend all the shows purely down to me enjoying, um, being with my owners and spending time with owners, horses, um, and everyone at the show, everyone else in the industry. I love catching up with friends at shows. So it's, it's just easier to, to stay focused and in the moment with the, the industry. Well, Amy, thank you so much for giving it me time. It was really great to talk to you. And oh no, it's a pleasure. I'll see you soon. Thank yes, you. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. thanks Amy for giving up your time it was really lovely to talk to you and I think what really came across in that is how much you care about your horse's well-being and happiness when you're training them and what a great businesswoman you are I wish you all the success in the future and anyone that wants to follow Amy check her out on Facebook and Instagram again thank you everyone for listening and please share it on social media thank you very much